0: you your everything your blue sky welcome you. back to the professional stepdad show a, I'm your host Frank Zavala. thank you very much for joining me this is episode 136 thank you guys for being here um today's episode is going to be another interview that I was that I did another podcast that I was featured on where I sat down with the host of the step Bomb Diaries podcast um, and this podcast was it was pretty unique because not only was I the first stepdad to be on the show but I was the first male to be on the show um, and that kind of tells you where we are as, as stepdads within the blended family world right not a lot of people know that we need help not a lot of people know that we seek guidance and uh, we want to be the very best that we could be being mainly because as you all said as you, as you all know and I've said this before, you have problems asking for help. Yeah. So um, again, I was asked to be on the Stepmom Diaries podcast. Uh, we recorded it, uh, no video, just audio. So I went ahead and put um, a holding picture for anybody watching on YouTube. Um, and then if you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud, obviously it doesn't pertain to you, but I hope you enjoy the episode. It was fun, about a little over 30 minute conversation. And, um, and again, I was just so Grateful to just not only be a guest, but to be able to share my insight on what I think needs to be done in order for stepdads like myself to really thrive um, in a blended family world today. Enjoy everyone.
1: We're excited to have Franco Zavala here of The Professional Stepdad. Um, Franco is an actor, host of The Professional Stepdad podcast and YouTube show. 60-second storyteller and stepfather of five who loves sharing wisdom, insight, and anecdotes about fatherhood. Driven by his passion to affect real change, Franco is on a mission to challenge the current narrative around the meaning and purpose of being a stepdad in today's world. So, Franco, you are actually the first stepdad that I've had on the podcast, and I'm excited to have you here.
2: Awesome. I'm excited to be here, and I thank you very much for um, allowing me to spend some time with you
1: today. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, you know, I thought that, you know, I had a lot on my plate with four stepkids, but, um, being a stepdad to five, I can only imagine. So let's start with that. Tell us your origin story, your, give us your background. How did you and your wife meet? What's, what's the story?
2: Well, you know, it's very much that Hollywood type scenario. And I, and I joke, I am not joking when I say that I have known my wife since I was six. We lived seven houses down from each other. Stop
1: it. I love that.
2: (laughs) And, um, and we, you know, we, we went to middle school, grade school, high school together. Part of a group of seven of us were all best friends. And uh, we all kind of did everything together. And then um, we all graduated from high school. And I, joined, I went off and I joined the Army. And I was gone for right around 13 years. And in that time, my wife, Jenea, she met her husband, Chris. and They had five amazing kids. And uh, yeah, so I come back. Maybe you know I come back 13 years later after I leave the army and I make it back to Arizona, and I find out on Facebook that her husband had passed away from a heart attack,
1: mm.
2: very suddenly in the middle of a t- on a random Tuesday. It just and it was about maybe they my son, so he was he was five months old at the time, and he passed mm. away. Wow. So again, like I said, uh, I I'm I'm one of her best friends. I've known her since we were knee high to a dog. We were tiny. And um, so I just went there and I was just there for her. And once I got out of the army, I had time because I wanted to be an actor. So I was being paid to go to school from the GI Bill. And I just wanted to kind of get into the entertainment business. And so I I told her that I could help in any way I could. I would just help her out with, you know, so she could take care of her loose ends, right? She needed to take care Mm -hmm. of the funeral and the expenses and all that stuff. And I kind of never left. (laughs) Never left.
1: Oh, Um, that's so great. And how wonderful to have that shared background that, you know, you can kind of find yeah. your way back to each other.
2: It was very cool. I call it the re-meet.
1: Yeah, exactly. I love that. <laughs> um, well, that's a whole different dynamic. You know, I, I work with a lot of stepmoms and step-parents who deal with, you know, high conflict exes and, you know, mm. all of this, um, you know, custody between houses and all that stuff. But, you know, when you, partner up with someone who is a widow or a widower that brings a whole different set of issues into the t- you know into the dynamic and i know you know i always tell people i'm like the ex is always there whether they are living or deceased the the presence is always felt but talk a little yeah. bit about that the difference because you know you don't have to worry about their dad you know being in the right. yeah. those kinds of things you know unfortunately i mean that's you'd never wish that on anyone but Um, But it presents other challenges, right? Like, there's still how does how does all that work with the dynamic?
2: It does, it does. So it it presents the challenge where I'm not in a situation where a lot of men um, who step into blended families are who they have to have constant um, not conflict, but conversation and um, comparison when it comes to the way you know they think you should father and how they are they're being a father and, and and the situation happened before you know, we ever step into the blended family and how they, th- what they went through. But in my specific scenario, having, um, having my wife being widowed, you know, I didn't think that I was going to run into the, um, bio parents negativity, um, situation, but I ended up running into the, to the one thing that I call the similar, the similar thing that I call the them problem, which is, yes, I did not have the bio dad, but I had bio-dad's mom, dad, sister's brother, mm-hmm. my wife's mom, husband, family members, and friends. So instead of having the one bio-parent kind of, you know, you know undermining anything I may or may not do or, and don't get me wrong, there are a lot of positive bio-parents out there. I'm not, I don't want to take away from them, but I was dealing with it. I was dealing with um, constant judgment, ridicule, and we don't we don't understand why you're here kind of scenario. Yeah, who's
1: this new guy?
2: <laughs> yeah, from like from 15, 20 people all at once from every angle. I was walking on, I don't even call it eggshells. I was walking on eggshells of eggshells. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't maneuver without somebody giving me their insight, giving me their input, telling me what they thought. Um, and mind you, they thought that I was replacing, you know, dad who passed away. Right, that wasn't, yeah, that wasn't what I was trying to do. I wasn't replacing anybody. As a matter of fact, I think it's very important. And I, and I still, to this day, it's very important that I always talk about Chris.
1: Absolutely. So that was
2: then that was what I had to deal with. Yes, I did not have a bio dad, but man, I had 15, 20 people who just were doing everything in their power, especially in the beginning to push me to a, to a point where I would either walk away, give up, quit, you name it.
1: But I love the way that you approach it. I mean, I think that, you know, being clear up front, like, hey, I'm not looking to replace anybody, right? I mean, thats I know that a lot of the stepmoms I work with struggle with that too because, you know, Mm -hmm. kids, there's sort of the push-pull between, you know, they – and in this case, the kids are grieving, they've lost their dad, and there's this new guy in the picture, and who's he going to be? And I think it's so great to be able to have that conversation and be open and say, look, I, your dad is – I mean, it was amazing. He's special. He's always going to be your dad. I'm different. I, we can have a really unique and valuable relationship that looks totally different, you know, I and mean, I don't have to be your dad. Mm-hmm. I think that's,
2: great. I, I think that it was also important for me too. Is my oldest daughter, Brinley, who's 22 now. She, um, you know, she had the most, she was the closest to her father. You know, they were the best of friends. So I had a lot of obstacles within my first two years of being a stepdad. I call it my rookie season. I call I had a lot of obstacles in my rookie season and no bigger obstacle than my daughter, Brindley, because she was the protector. Of mm-hmm. her and I mean, I think the first word she ever said to me, was, when are you leaving? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's just real. I, mean, I guess like, you
1: got to respect the honesty, right? <laughs> I, lo-
2: hey, I, I don't love- want you here. <laughs> she, just
1: didn't, she didn't
2: understand. I mean, and, and of course she, she, she had her right. I mean, and, uh, and I never tried to force an issue. I never tried to, like I said, I never tried to be dad. That wasn't my objective. I just tried to be there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And be that positive influence for them.
2: Correct. Correct. That was my objective. And I think the smartest thing I ever did, you know, two years after being into the in the family, I decided that I wanted to ask my wife to marry me. And, and I was still struggling with my oldest daughter and, and her mm-hmm. acceptance of me, no matter how, <clears throat> what I did up until that point. Mm-hmm. I think the, be- the best thing I ever did was I involved her in the um, in the process of asking my wife to marry me. Meaning, I bought the ring, but then I gave it to her and I put her in charge of it. And I told her very specific. I said, "Look, Bren, I want to marry your mom. I don't want to go anywhere. I love you guys, but I cannot ask her to marry me until you say it's okay. So here's the ring, and you let me know when it's okay."
1: Wow, that's great. Trusting too piece of jewelry with a kid. That's, that's impressive.
2: It was, I mean, you know, I made sure to keep an eye on it, it but but that's just, it was important for me to, to, to relay the message to her. That was, I hear you. I'm not just trying to solve your problems. I'm not trying to fix everything that's around. I, I, I need you to know that I've been quiet enough and I've listened enough where I hear you and I understand how to communicate with you. And this is how I do it. And I had to be patient with the process. Well,
1: and kids so badly want to be heard. They want to know that their voice counts that, you know, even if you don't do everything that they want to do, they just want to know that you understand them, that you, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's, that's really great. So how did you get involved in helping other stepdads? What was your journey to doing that?
2: Oh yeah. So, so like, like I say, my rookie season, my first two years, um, my second oldest daughter, Emma, mind you, let me take a step back for a second. My whole family, all my girls are dancers. They've been dancers their whole life. My wife and I, I was like one of the first boys in the early nineties to be at a dance studio when it wasn't cool. You know? (laughs) And, uh, so dance is our world. Dance has always been our life. And, uh, as a matter of fact, my wife and I are amateur ballroom champions. I mean, we just love it. We we did a, we did a uh, Argentine tango for our wedding dance. That's There's
1: fantastic. A- that is so much more impressive than okay. our wedding dance.
2: Well, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it just, she's just, she's so much, ah, she's just so elegant. She's perfect. But, so the, so dance is our world. And my, my second oldest daughter, Emma and I were in a conversation and she said the thing that most, if not every single solitary stepdad will once again, we'll hear once or twice, even stepmoms, which is you can't talk to me like that. You're not my real dad. Oh yeah. And I kind of, I, I, I had a moment where I could have done one of two things. I could have reacted in a way that would have probably hurt and damaged our relationship, especially the progress that I had made up into that point, or I could respond. And the response that I gave her was not one of words, was one of storytelling. So, like you, like in my bio, you say you, I'm a 60 second storyteller. Meaning, I love to write, to write. So, I began to write a story about a military man who fell in love with this high school friend, and she had a daughter, and her name was Emma, and all the everything he was trying to do to mm-hmm. build this relationship. Now, I had to throw drama into it, so I didn't want to put the dad. You know, dad couldn't die in the scenario, so I had mom die. So now, stepdad and bio. You know, and, and kids have to learn to get along with one another and respect one another. So I wrote this 127 page paper for her, which was sent to three different people. Long story short, two years, no, no, 90 days after that, that movie was being made in Los Angeles and it was called Lift Me Up.
1: That's and, fantastic.
2: And it was, it was a really cool thing for me to do because, and I didn't mean to make a movie. That wasn't my objective at all. And it was cool that we got to make it. But what was easy for for me to do is to tell this story from my kid's point of view and what we wanted to talk about and how we wanted to respond to one another in a way where she can look at it forever, right? She can now use it as her college. That's how she got into college. Tell me something unique about herself. Mm -hmm. That's really how, you know, that whole scenario, that whole started. I just started listening and I started understanding like, you know, everything I've learned up until this point. Um, I think I can share with other men. I think that there are men out there that are seeking help and guidance. As a matter of fact, I owe it to myself to make sure that you know my son might be a stepdad someday. And I need to make sure that there's information out there. So I began to look and I didn't find any. And mind you, I'm 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 10 years in now. I haven't spoken a word about being a stepdad, not one word about being a stepdad. Mm -hmm. And I looked and I looked and I looked and I couldn't find it. And what I did find was a lot of Five steps to this and six pillars to that. Eh, you know, I, I wanted somebody to tell me to tell me they knew what I was going through, and then to give me a effing answer. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to go through your six month program before I can get to that I don't have time for that. I got to learn. So I just recorded my first episode once COVID hit, and the way I went.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah, I, f- I find that. You know, we have the same thing with step moms, although I think there are now more resources out there for step moms than there were when I became a stepmom. But um but I do get asked quite often, you know, hey, do you do anything for stepdads? And, you know, I am I'm a step parent coach, but mm-hmm. I, I really work more with stepmoms because I don't I, that's my personal experience, it's right? A real and there really are not a huge amount of resources out there for stepdads, so it's so great to have you out there talking about this because it is really important. I mean, there are thirteen hundred right. new step families forming every day, and mm-hmm. you know what is I think that the what was the latest statistic that like sixty percent or or is it was over fifty percent of all families will at some point have a step family member in them. Right. a blended um, family
2: a blended scenario yeah. Will. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is you know we're, we're not pop- a population that's getting smaller, right? <laughs> For no, better well, or worse,
2: ever. But you know, well, we are we are a population of um, misunderstood. We are a population of misunderstood individuals, and that is really the reason why I started the show. And I'm assuming the reason you started your show too, because there's a narrative that public TV movies they, there's a narrative that's painted about us, which is you know, where we have some sort of negative person. where We're aggressive. We 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 are alcoholics. You know, from men point from men's point of view.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I
2: don't know how many. I don't know, I don't know how many times I heard the conversation, which is, you got to remember, you have four girls. You got to make sure you're respectful. And in my head, I'm like, what do they think that I I'm gonna right? Do? Like,
1: how would I be otherwise?
2: <laughs> yeah, how else would you want me to be? I mean, I I know I've got four girls, and I'm going to be their protector. That's my objective. But you know, I'm coming from. I'm coming from what I like to call inherited ignorance, and I've got to deal with and I've got to go through and I've got to respond to what the them, the others, what they have dealt with as step parents. So if you were ever abused, beaten or, you know, talked down by by a step parent when you were growing up, I am now the epitome of that. And you're going to make sure that I don't do that to them. Mm hmm. That's the narrative that needs to change. The narrative is not, we are not evil. We are not bad. We stepped into our blended family and we stepped in because we wanted to be there, not because we had to, you know?
1: No, that's exactly right. And, um, I do think that there's, there, there's so many, um, uh, you know, I'm always, I always say thanks Disney for, you know, at least on the stepmom side, giving us the uh, evil stepmother, you know, and that giving us the reputation of, you know, always wanting to, we're just trying to shove the kids aside so we can have time with dad or, you know, we're trying to replace Mm -hmm. mom or whatever it is. And, um, you know, really trying to, uh, you know, I think the more and more coaches I meet, I mean, we're all really just trying to help other people because we didn't have any of these resources, you know? (laughs) I think it's
2: our job and our responsibility as the human race to make sure that we can reach back and lift up others.
1: So I'm curious, as you help other stepdads, I would love to know what is the best piece of advice you have gotten over the years in dealing with the stepdad dynamic? And what's the worst piece of advice you've gotten?
2: Great question. So the worst piece of advice I got was that I should do a thing called nacho parenting which I then researched and then I thought was the dumbest shit I've ever heard of in my life. (laughs) And I was so irate when I heard about nacho parenting and then, and then I'm irate how popular it is. It, it infuriated me to the point where I could not believe that this is a thing. This is a type of parenting that allows the adults to have no responsibility in the, in the development of the children. That doesn't, you know, like, that's the worst piece of advice. The best piece of advice I ever got um, was to understand the five love languages. I had never heard of that book before. That was I, fantastic. I agreed. agree. And so I read it and I'm like, Oh man. So then I reread it and then I reread it again. And then I realized that there was one for kids. So yep. I read that.
1: And there's now one for blended families, which is super or One for
2: blended families. I said, I saw that. So I, I, uh, I took that and I ran with it. I, I developed a, a thing I call the kids' corner for, my, for me and my, my kids where I, I implement the five love languages based off of what their love language is per day, and I execute how to communicate with them on that day. And it's cool because they get excited about it. like They get to come in and pick their day, and they know that if that day is quality time. For instance, my youngest daughter, Afton, she knows that if Wednesday is her day and it's quality time, she'll get out of dance. And she'll, and she picks Wednesday because she gets out of dance at seven and she'll come home and she'll get, I mean, I'm not kidding. She will totally take a shower. She'll eat dinner, brush her teeth. I can't get her to do that any other day, but she'll do it on that day. And she'll be, she'll come into the room. She's like, dad, it's time. And that means for the next, you know, hour or two, I'm just going to sit and watch whatever she wants to watch. And I'll talk about whatever she wants to talk about. And that's her day.
1: What a great idea. What a great way to use the love languages. I love that. And I hope stepmoms that are listening, this is a great thing you can do. And, and for biological parents too, like this is any member of the family can do it, but I love, I love that. What do you you call it? I put my wife in it
2: too. I mean, my wife is, it's important that I put her in it too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, you, you and I have acquaintances and we both, we both know Jamie and, and uh, I want to, I'm, I'm getting ready to develop this kid's corner into a presentable thing where I can actually teach it for for I'm not charging for it. i just I want to teach it because I think it's important because it's so simple. It's just it's just really the hardest part about it is putting the time to read the book, to understand the languages, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic though. It really is. And I think the love languages is such a valuable I think every blended family should read it. I think every family should read it. Um, because it really does help you relate to your family members, you know, even better. Because I think that helps
2: help you relate with yourself too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It helps you learn, you know, how you're receiving and giving communication. I think it's really important. Well said. And that's interesting. You mentioned the Nacho Kids. I think um, I get what they're trying to say with it. And I think that when you look at it from a really nuanced perspective, like maybe that, you know, there is some sense and sometimes you need to take a step back and kind of figure out, you know, maybe you need a little space, but it's, I don't know. I think it can be oversimplified. You know what I mean?
2: I, I believe that within your first, like your rookie season or sophomore season, um, I believe that uh, that every stepdad and every stepmom goes through a learning and growth period where they have to kind of figure out how to navigate the waters. Um, yeah, figure but it, out your role. Yeah, figure out your role. But, but at the end of the day, if we exclude punishing, because again, most of the ignorance around the not showing and about like, not your kid, not your problem comes from punishment. And they think that punishment is some sort of like, uh, indicator or end all be all to like what roles the parents have. I personally believe that when you can take the time and sit down with you and your partner and you can not only develop your goals for each other and for your family, whether it's spiritual or, or, or um on a a monetary form, just, just sit down for one day and you kind of map out what the next year is supposed to look like. I believe that it's important that the two adults in the house, um, are in a 50, 50 split. I believe that parenting is parenting. I believe that we're raising young adults. We're teaching them values, core good values. We're establishing like good habits with them and how to like properly prepare them for when they leave the house whether they go to their bio parents or not, or whether we're the bio parent and they're going to the step parents house. It's important that you, you, you show and display a united front, a united front. Like I got her back. She's got my back. And this is not about punishment. This is about being, raising young adults. And that's why when I heard about not doing, I'm like, Nope, never going to do that ever, ever.
1: Yeah. It's interesting to talk about the, the discipline angle, because, you do have to be on the same page, I mean, and, and have a united front. You never want to be in a situation that, you know, the, the primary parent is undercutting, you know, something that you've done, but um, it's also, it's interesting. Research has shown that until your bond is really established with the stepchild, that the primary parent should be the primary disciplinarian, which I totally agree. agree with. I agree. But I think step parents, I think this is where you're going with this. Um, Step parents have such a valuable role in sort of supplementing that where, you know, you can come back after the parent has done the disciplining or enforce the consequences or whatever and say, you know, Johnny, I know that must have been a really hard conversation you had with mom. You know, do you want to talk about it? Mm-hmm. You know, you know why, we, you know why mom did this, right? Like, you know, this is what the rules were and, you know, but, you know, we can talk about it if you want. And then it's like a little bit of a softer touch, but you're still there as a parental you're just in a different, you know,
2: different more nuanced and-
1: kind of way to yeah. do, of doing it.
2: Of course, I I think you're 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 I I agree 100 with your with what you're saying. Um, I believe that all step parents in the beginning, especially in the beginning, have like they have homework to do.
1: Oh, so much! <laughs> you
2: know, and we and the homework we do has to begin with ourselves first. We got to figure out. We, you know, we can't bring the old us into this new blended family. Not going to work. Never going to work. We can't react and respond and uh, to certain things within our blended family that we would before we came in there. So we got to not only get to know who we are, but we got to identify our strengths. We got to identify our weaknesses. And then we have to really put in the time, energy, and effort to listen, Mm -hmm. To, to listen and to learn. Because once you listen and learn, then you can properly communicate. and Once you can properly communicate, that's when the bonds come and then once the bonds start to form and the communication is there then trust comes into the into the page and now when you can trust one another it's not about discipline or it's not about like being you know an aggressive parent or parental parental figure because the trust is there it's more about a conversation about what's right what's wrong what you need to do and what the consequences are
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and it all takes time and that's what you know i think so many of us And it sounds like you were very intentional getting into this, I think, because of the situation you sort of had to be because you had all of these external, you know, voices and stuff like that. But I know so many other step parents who got into it and including myself and thought, gosh, this is this is going to be amazing. It's going to be an instant family. And, you know, (laughs) we're going to have I mean, I know, like my first holiday season, I had like monogram stockings ordered and like the monogrammed Easter baskets. And we're going to have these amazing holiday dinners. It's going to be great. And then they get devastated when it doesn't work out in this nice, neat little package, you know, and it all takes time to do all of that, that work and research that you're talking about, you know?
2: Patience is the key. I think patience is the, 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 magic fairy dust that every step parent needs to have. It's patience. You can't force, you can't, um, you can't try to, um, you can't try to, you don't want to be like a yes dad or a Disneyland dad. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to don't want to agree to everything because you think that that's how you're going to win them over. Um, the patience that it takes to develop the relationships within your house has to come without expectation. Mm-hmm. It has to come without seeking approval or acceptance within the family. It has to come with like you're doing what you think you know is right. And then you're telling yourself, I'm going to be patient and it'll pay off one day. For instance, for me, with my oldest daughter, Brinley, like I said, she was my hardest to get through. And I did not get a thank you for everything that I had done up until that point, until my daughter graduated high school. Now, mind you, I came into her life when she was nine and it took all the way till then until I got this letter. And guess what? It was perfect. It was, it was perfect because I didn't expect it. And I wasn't anticipating it. And I didn't need the validation. But when I got it, it was a huge payoff. And that's what patience comes from.
1: And to be clear, thanking adults is not not um, a strong suit of any child <laughs> at that age, right?
2: And <laughs> yeah, you can be the regular parents. I mean, I mean come on, my yeah. parents, I remember sure the last time I thanked my mom.
1: I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I know. Those are, they're hard years to to gut it out through, and patience is definitely key. <laughs> um, well, this has been so much fun. I Before we end, I'm, I'll just yeah. ask to end, and, and I, you may have just answered it with what you just said, but... Um, what piece of advice would you give somebody that is going, that's, you know, a brand new stepdad, um, getting into this just like, oh my God, what do I do now?
2: Great question. The best piece of advice I would give to any stepdad or stepmom that is kind of just starting their journey, starting their blended family life journey is remember three main things, me, us, them, work on yourself first. Don't forget that. Don't don't try to jump to the kids. Don't jump to you and your partner. Just work on you first. Make sure that you are mentally prepared for the journey ahead. And, and when you can get to a point where you feel comfortable, then you focus on you and your partner. Develop a team that is unbreakable. Develop a team that, that will have each other's back in the darkest of times and in the light. And then the them part are the kids. Don't try to force relationships. Be patient. Do your homework listen and eventually it'll pay off
1: that's fantastic advice fantastic advice well thank you so much for joining me today this has been a real pleasure and love hearing about it from the stepdad's perspective i think this was just a really fun fun discussion so hopefully we'll hear more from you in the future
2: thank you very much for having me on today i really appreciate it and your, your show and everything that you're doing is amazing. You just keep up the good work.
0: Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Listen, if you know a stepdad who is in need of any of this information, do me a favor right now. Hit that subscribe button and share this episode with them as fast as possible. Did you do it? You Okay, you did it. Quiet on the set, please. Thank you, everybody.